What is going on everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon. With me as always is Caleb. And Caleb, how is it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Um, been watching anything interesting? Uh, yeah, I got around to watching something new. I mean, I've been watching some of the normal shows, Rick and Morty stuff that my wife's watching but i did get around to watching a new tom hanks movie <gasps> dun 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 so there's that movie finch yeah that he's in um i watched it it was okay i, I didn't really know what to expect but it was kind of i don't know honestly like i'm not sure exactly how to explain it like it was entertaining. It was something different to watch. It was a little bit different for Tom Hanks. Um, but I wouldn't walk. Uh, I didn't walk away oppressed by anything. So one of his other recent ones that I want to check out is that Greyhound movie, the war movie. Oh, I think, yeah. I think maybe that one will be better. So we'll see if I get around to that sometime soon. Right. Uh, what you about know what makes me think of? Um, do you remember the family guy? segment where Peter's in a movie theater watching Philadelphia with yeah. Lois and he's like oh my gosh he's like, I can't think of that guy's name it's like who is that guy and then obviously he's like oh yeah Tom Hanks it's like everything he says is a stitch and then Tom Hanks is like I have AIDS and then Peter starts laughing <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. that, <laughs> well, was a- that was stuck in my head like all week well because I watched the Tom Hanks movie too, but continue with what you're talking about. Oh, I was just going to say that was one of their early jokes from one of their early seasons. Yeah. But uh, anything good on your end? Um. Well, the Tom Hanks movie I watched was Bachelor Party. <laughs> it was the first time I've ever seen that. Uh, I started watching it on my CED player, but the the disc I had, it jacked up. It was skipping a lot, so. No. I was afraid I was going to wreck my stylus, so I took the movie out and just watched it on Plex. Um, that was pretty funny. Uh, and then I also watched Brambo First Blood Part 2. And it's been a while since I watched that. Um, it's incredibly 80s. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i like it um i don't oh, we've been watching wife swap still i don't know okay. just something to put on and then i today i watched the woodstock 99 documentary again okay <laughs> just i don't know it's just a really well done documentary and the guy that produced it actually is bill simmons you know who bill simmons is uh, i know the name no he he's he has the ringer network okay. of like podcasts and stuff. So like the rewatchables that I listen to, mm. yeah, he has that. He worked for ESPN for years and stuff. But yeah, that's a, it's a really in-depth good documentary about like a really crazy music festival <laughs> where basically it just ended up as Lord of the flies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just a complete and utter crap show, I guess. Literally and figuratively. It's a crap shoot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, I think it's on HBO Max. Um 
it might be other places too, but it's a, it's an HBO documentary. But anything else to add? Uh, nope, nothing too eventful outside of all that stuff. It's sports, so rock. Yeah. So let's dive into the movie of the week. I'm so lonesome, I could cry. <laughs> Let me go down and get him. I'm a communicator. I'm a breakthrough kind of guy. Your mom's on the phone. I don't have a mom. You may have a mom. I have a mother. They've only just met. I'm a friend of your mother's. I came to get you to bring you home. And already, oh. they get along. <laughs> Like family. I'm not going anywhere with you. What do you like to do for fun? Oh, you like to wiggle and grunt. Me too. So you and Doyle are getting along well. Ah, he's not a bad kid. We're getting along just great. Come on, give it to me, Pipsqueak. Yeah, we're taking our time. We're seeing the country. And as Doyle himself said, nothing beats traveling the highways and byways. Okay, sugar, what'll it be? What won't make me vomit? <laughs> Give me the cheese. This isn't working out. We're not masters of the highway. We were robbed by homebound hookers. Only because you fell asleep and I got excited. You did? I wonder where Dutch and Doyle are staying tonight. Knowing Doyle, it'll be first class. 20th Century Fox presents the story of a boy. I got a deck of racy playing cards. Who lost the child in himself. And the man who helped him find it. Is that your most pathetic look? That's not going to get us a ride. This is pathetic. <laughs> Try it. See, I'm not such a bad guy, huh? Dutch. You're like a great big demented child. <laughs> So the movie of the week is Dutch. It is from 1991. Um, the plot for this one is to get to know his girlfriend's son, a working class good guy volunteers to pick him up from his prep school. Only to learn that he isn't the nicest young man. <laughs> no <laughs> <Kind> way. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a very good plot there. Oh, gosh. Um, because I'm so prepared, I didn't get the name of the director. The director is Peter Feynman. Uh, and this movie was written by John Hughes and produced by John Hughes. So, uh, there's no mention in that plot of that. It's Thanksgiving. Why? How dare they? Oh, and then, okay. Actually, even before, um, we kind of get into this. I am. I was extremely confused on who, or sorry, not who. Wow, when this was taking place? Because I thought he had a plane ticket for uh, Wednesday. Didn't they say? I don't remember. And then, but she was certain that he wasn't going to use it. So then he was going to. Uh, Dutch went to go get him. And yet they were gone for like three days. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm guessing that it was a, um, 
that he left like on Monday or something. Cause I totally yeah, got that to would kind of make sense, I guess, because, you know, it goes like the little prep school. I'm assuming, you know, just like in a, when we were in school that we usually had like most of that week off mm-hmm. or like the Wednesday, at least before yeah. Thanksgiving. I, that, that was my guess. I was super confused though. Yeah. You're not supposed to think about that stuff. I know. It's not, it's not about the details. <laughs> so the cast for this one, we got Ed O'Neill as Dutch Dooley, uh, Ethan Embry as Doyle Standish, Joe Beth Williams as Natalie, and Christopher, Mc- Christopher McDonald, a.k.a. Shooter McGavin, as Reed. <laughs> and it's always nice seeing him in movies. Because he just plays that smarmy jerk so well. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he's got a typecast, <laughs> for sure. you know, but especially after Happy Gilmore, which came out after this, uh, and then he, he would go on to do like dirty work with Norm MacDonald, which if you've never seen dirty work, we might have to do that one sometime just because it's <laughs> so ridiculous. Nice. Uh, uh, so this movie, like we said, it takes place around Thanksgiving. And it is the second of the John Hughes Thanksgiving movies. <laughs> the first we talked about last year. Was it last year or two years ago? I think it was last year. Okay. Yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is an amazing movie. Um, so this one starts out, you know, they have like a fancy dinner party. And it's like all these hoity-toity snobby people. But then you got uh, Dutch, who's like the everyman. Um, played really well by Ed O'Neill. He's just really good at playing that character. I mean, he played that character for like nine, ten years as Al Bundy and Married to Children. Right. <laughs> uh, it's basically this is basically just Al Bundy with money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually getting to eat meals because that was kind of the running thing on Married to Children is that they never had food in the house. Um, so he shows up and, you know, he's just a complete fish out of water and, you know, we find out that his girlfriend's son isn't going to be coming home for Thanksgiving. She wants him to. So he's like, well, I'll go pick him up and that'll give us time to bond and, you know, he can get to know me. I can get to know him kind of deal. So his girlfriend's all for it and he goes out there to get him. And when he shows up, um, Doyle like doesn't know who he is and he thinks he's gonna like kidnap him, so like he just beats the crap out of him. <laughs> because Doyle knows like Taekwondo or something like that. Karate. <laughs> Taekwondo, Taekwondo, do 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 Jim uh, Jim Kata? No. <laughs> I was talking about Miami connection. <laughs> Taekwondo is a way of life. <laughs> So after all that, like he's trying to talk him into going and Doyle doesn't want to go. So the next scene we see is Dutch carrying a uh, Doyle hogtied on a hockey stick, <laughs> carrying about like a duffel bag. Um, so, you know, now they're on their way from Georgia to Chicago because, you know, it's a John Hughes movie. So they have to go to Chicago. Um, you know, and along the way, they run into some interesting stuff like you know they they hit Tennessee and they stop at this huge fireworks place and you know this is like 
Dutch trying to win Doyle over and Doyle just has no interest because he's just like this arrogant prick. Pompous the kid, douche. yeah. <laughs> like, take the kid from over the top and make him less wimpy, but twice as much condescending. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Dutch like buys all these fireworks, he's lighting them off in a field, and the kid has like no interest. Uh, and he puts like the spinning one on a fence post and it flies off and lands in the bag of fireworks he's got. So he throws his jacket over it and goes and like hides and it just like burns a hole in his coat. <laughs> uh, you know, and then we get some other like most of this movie is those two like interacting with each other and just being complete opposites. Um, you know, like I said, Dutch is the everyman. He's Nothing fancy, just things to get by kind of thing. They stop at a lot of like greasy diners for meals and, you know, they smoke cigars and, you know, Doyle, of course, is, you know, everything's got to be a certain way and he's got to eat healthy and stuff like that. Uh, we get a scene where uh, Dutch is smoking a cigar and they're playing with the windows and the radio and the heat and all that kind of stuff and you know it's just them butting heads and then Doyle grabs a, the cigar and throws it in Dutch's lap <laughs> which causes him like, to swerve all over the place and then uh, he gets out of the car and he goes to like give Doyle like a piece of his mind and Doyle runs off in the fields and starts throwing dirt clods at him uh, Dutch tells him you know you keep doing that and um, see what happens kind of thing he does it again so Dutch is like alright I'll see you what was it 6 miles down the road I thought it was 15 uh, which some, seemed something like that. unreal yeah he's like I'll see you like such and such miles down the road at this hotel and he takes off and now Doyle's gotta walk his way there <laughs> and he shows up and Dutch is just like sprawled out on the bed he's like oh, how about you shut the door you're letting all the heat out <laughs> Uh, you know, that causes a big scene, and then, um, we get, uh, you know, Doyle drives off in Dutch's car and stops it in the road, and a truck hits it, and Dutch is freaking out because, you know, he thinks that Doyle's in there and he's hurt. Um, and of course, you know, he got out before that, and truck driver's like livid and you know Dutch kind of handles everything with the cops and all that kind of stuff but now they don't have a car uh, so they decide they're they're gonna hitchhike and they can't find anybody so they end up taking a bus and in the bus like these these two like low lives decide they're gonna steal um, Doyle's shoes after he was like condescending to him about turning their music down Uh, and then, like, the next scene, they, they hitch a ride with, like, these two prostitutes. <laughs> uh, who, of course, end up stealing Dutch's wallet. And then they go to a truck stop and just leave him there. Um, so that kind of surprised me because I feel like Dutch would have been smarter about that. Yeah, that's that always surprises me, too. Like, it seems like he would have understood that because he's, you know, pretty street smart where... 
you know, if they would have stole Doyle's wallet, that would have made sense because he's, you know, just book smart, kind of naive to the world. Um, so now they like hitch a ride on a inside of like a cement culvert on a semi, which is like extremely dangerous. Uh, and when they, you know, they get off at night and they're inside of like a, it was like a trucking company park lot, parking lot or something like that. Uh, yeah, they've, well, it was probably where the, they were delivering this stuff. So it was on like some kind of company property. Yeah. And then like the security guards jump them and they start getting like physical Doyle. So then Dutch steps in and, you know, they're beating up with nightsticks and then Doyle uses some of his karate or whatever <laughs> knocks the guys out um you know from then on they you know they kind of stagger to a restaurant they're tr- they want to go in and get cleaned up in a bathroom and you know they get hassled and thrown out for basically being because the the lady that was working there said that they were just like riffraff so you know there's this couple that's there eating overhear everything and they go and question them like what's going on like is this your son kind of thing and they explain you know my wallet was stolen our car broke down and we're just trying to get home so this couple takes them to like a homeless shelter where they spend the night and there they meet like this this family who doesn't live too far from chicago so they end up giving them a ride um, to their house and then you know we kind of see a scene where you know Dutch is telling the the dad of the family has dropped him off he's like I'll give my company a call and he's like I'll see what I can do about getting you a job kind of deal um, and of course you know when they get there for Thanksgiving Doyle's douchebag dad is there played by Shooter McGavin <laughs> And he's trying I just to just want to call him shooter the whole time. Yeah, every time I see him, he's just shooter McGavin. <laughs> but he's trying to get Doyle to come home with him. Um and you know, Doyle this whole time is like starting to warm up to Dutch and realize that he's only got like his um best interest in mind for him. And he's you know, he's trying to mentor him and he's really more of a father than his own father. So, you know, he refuses and then, so the dad like storms out and then would Dutch like ducks out, you know, cause shooter McGavin's telling him like, you got to tell his ex-wife, you got to be out of the house in like a couple days. I want you out by Monday. And Dutch goes and talks to him and like punches him in the forehead and like leaves an indent from his pinky ring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which that's another kind of Al Bundy thing because every time Kelly would have boyfriends over, Al would always take the boyfriend's head and bash it into the wall by the door. <laughs> nice. That's what it made me think of. Um, and, you know, we get the the dad just like take it off. The Dutch comes in to have a nice like Thanksgiving meal and um, Duff at the end Dutch gets his like payback for Doyle shooting him with a BB gun when he first saw him and he, he shoots him in the butt with it or a crotch or something. <laughs> but that, and then that's the end of the movie. But, um, 
I think probably my favorite part from this movie that, you know, I kind of saved until now. Um, there's a part where Doyle and Dutch are arguing in the hotel room and Doyle gets in like a fighting stance and Dutch is like, Oh, you want to go with me? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, I would love to go with you. Right. And he's like, I'll give you the first shot. And he puts his hands behind his back and leans forward and Doyle punches him and like knocks him out. <laughs> and then he goes and hides in the bathroom. Uh, then like the next day they're sitting down at a diner and Doyle's kind of saying like, I don't have to listen to you or do anything I want. I can do anything I want because what are you going to do about it? It's like, we proved that like you can't, that I can beat you up and such and such. He's just kind of going on and like bragging and all that. Um, he's like, there's nothing you can do to me that I can't do to you. And the Duchess looks at him. He's like, you know what I can do that you can't. He's like, what's that? He's like, pay for my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they're standing outside the diner and Dutch burps. And he's like, man, nothing burps like bacon. He's like, but that water you had looked pretty tasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that part always cracks me up. Um, are there any things that like stood out to you or quotes or anything like that? Oh, man. Um, not quotes uh, really specifically. I was... I this is the first time I watched this movie and so I didn't really know what the whole thing entailed so I was kind of expecting them to get back sooner mm -hmm. and so the whole time I was just well because also too I, I thought that he got there on Wednesday and so it'd be like oh you know one night or whatever and then they were gone forever yeah so <laughs> That uh, that always confused me, but uh, uh, dude, one thing I will say is that kid really did a good job playing a douche. Oh yeah, for sure. I was yeah. annoyed with him within like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I was going to talk about next is the acting in this. It's pretty good. Yeah, you know Ethan Embry does a good job of playing like the douchey little kid. Um. He would actually go on to play Rusty Griswold in um, Vegas Vacation, hmm. which I mean is a, it's not necessarily a John Hughes movie, but it's a movie based on characters that John Hughes made. Um, and yeah, Ethan Embry, like he's had kind of an up and down career. I haven't seen anything lately that he's done. Yeah, I was just looking at that. He's, uh, I always get him mis mistaken with a couple other, uh, young actors when he was, I, I can't name them, but he looks like a couple other kids that were in some of those movies during that time. So I thought he was in a couple other movies. Yeah. Something of his, I, I watched not too long ago was that thing you do mm -hmm. that was starring in directed by Tom Hanks and written by Tom Hanks. <laughs> Mr. T. Oh, yeah, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Ed O'Deal is a great in this as well. I mean, he's basically just playing Al Bundy. Oh, yeah, for which sure. Which is one of the best TV characters of all time. I mean, it's one of the best of the 80s and 90s for sure. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, he's, he's Al Bundy with money. <laughs> 
because <laughs> Al was always poor. Um, yeah, just you know, he, he just embodies like the the working class, blue collar, everyday guy, and um, the chemistry that those two had together was actually pretty good. Yeah, and this was his second movie or first big movie for Ed O'Neill. Uh, Ethan Embry. Oh, Ethan Embry. No, and for being sure about that. Uh, I mean, looking at his list, he only had like a small TV miniseries before that, and then a Hmm. a little movie or one other movie that I couldn't tell you anything about. Yeah. So. So I mean, heck of a job for him, uh, being so young and so early with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, one thing that for sure stood out, uh, a lot of the time watching this movie, I was just like, man, how different would this movie be today? Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things was when, uh, he did, when Dutch did leave him in the field and I was just like, dude, that's such a lawsuit and like cops show <laughs> up and, you know, arrest him. And all that stuff, like forget or somebody sketchy comes along and captures him. Oh yeah, and hold yeah for sure kidnaps him. It'd be like a true crime story. <laughs> it just also turns into ransom with Mel Gibson. <laughs> Give me back my son. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's funny because this would be a completely different movie now. Um, another thing too is that I. The first time I watched this was probably like 10 years ago on Netflix. This is like early in Netflix's when they first started doing the streaming stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, it might have been longer than 10 years ago now. 15 maybe. But yeah, I just saw this pop up and I'm like, oh, this is a John Hughes movie and it's got Al Bundy in it. I'll watch it. You know, and I thought it was okay and... I just never really thought much of it. But then like the second time I watched it was last year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is basically just planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, like, but... I don't understand how John Hughes could make two movies so similar. Like they're really similar. And I'm like, this one is definitely not as good as planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, he, uh, I think he got better because planes, trains came out after this, right? Didn't it? No, Plane Strains came out before. Really? Oh, yeah. Plane Strains is an '80s movie. This is from '91. Oh, I'm messing up my my yeah. time frame here. Well, um, hmm. Maybe he was trying to see if he could uh, strike gold twice with a kid actor. Well, it's to mention too that John Hughes directed Plane Strains and Automobiles, and he didn't direct this one. He just wrote it. True. He produced why it. Was- that's why it wasn't as good. Yeah, that could be. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, there are some stark differences. I mean, obviously, like two adults traveling together. But um, the uh, it does take on a different feel when it's uh, an adult and a kid. Yeah. And they definitely took a, a big difference on it because there was that purpose of trying to bond. And the other one, it was just like, I have to put up with you because I have to. Yeah. You're just a random dude that I keep running into and I'm stuck with. <laughs> um, yeah. For a John Hughes movie, like 
there's really not much in the way of a good soundtrack for this. I can't really think of any songs that like stick out a lot. Neither can I. Uh, uh, I guess you want me to get into trivia? Rock. I don't, I don't have a whole lot for this. Um, so there was plans for a sequel, but that never materialized. Just, you know, well, I guess when I get to how this did in the box office, that kind of makes sense. But, uh, so John Candy was the first choice for Dutch. Of course. Yeah. Which would just be more planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, I don't know. Would this movie be better with John Candy? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I'm a much of a believer in John Candy makes any movie that he's in better just because he's in it. But I feel like Ed O'Neill was the right choice for Dutch. Yeah, I feel like this movie could have been improved in different ways other than just putting John Candy in it. Yeah. So other choices for Dutch were Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, Jim Belushi, Robin Williams, John Goodman, and Bill Murray. And then Mel Gibson actually turned this role down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> See, then he could have <laughs> left him and then screamed, give me back my son. <laughs> uh, I think out of all those, I, I don't know, man. Bill Murray, maybe? I just can't see Bill Murray as like a father figure. Yeah. Um, Goodman. Yeah. I can see Goodman or even Tim Allen, I think would have done okay with this. Robin Williams is, he's just too goofy and out there. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I was never a huge fan. I've gone on the record on the show saying that I was never a huge fan of Robin Williams's comedy, but I thought like his dramatic roles, he, always did so well yeah. so I, I don't know he's just he was always just so frantic and like goofy that i don't mm-hmm. think that he fits this role uh, yeah and i feel like tom hanks would have been too i don't know i mean because he does comedy but i i don't i don't know i i just don't feel it his comedy's different he's got more of like sarcastic Kind of like Tom Hanks's comedy is more like sarcastic and wholesome. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't think he fit the role of Dutch because he's not the rash enough. Yeah, and not like the everyman, manly man, kind of kind of person. Yeah. So the film was shown in Meredith Children episode called Dial B for Virgin from 1994 where the main characters of um, Al and Peg were in a video store and they were looking briefly at a rack that showed a poster of the film and with a sign over O'Neill's face that said free video. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Doyle uses martial arts on Dutch in the movie. Although in real life, at the time of the filming, Ed O'Neill has been training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, O'Neill actually received his black belt from the Gracie uh, Jiu-Jitsu Academy in 2007. Mm. 
which is kind of funny to think about. It's I think it's hilarious when you hear that like these celebrities that you wouldn't think of being in the martial arts yeah. have actually trained. Because when we did Happy Gilmore, I talked about how Bob Barker trained with Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is just hilarious to me. Yeah. So the last thing I got, oh, I got one more thing too. So the the prostitutes that picked up Dutch and Doyle, did you recognize the blonde one? Um, the, the blonde one was in the front seat or the back seat? She was the one that was driving. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did, and I could not for the life of me place it. Okay, so she was on Friends one time as uh. Phoebe's old singing partner. Oh. But probably what she's most known for, her name is E.G. Daly. Mm-hmm. And she was the voice of Tommy Pickles and Rugrats. Okay, that wouldn't do <laughs> anything for me. I wouldn't remember that. It was something about her her face that I had seen it before. Yeah, that's she was in an episode of Friends. She's been in other things too. Um, those are just like the first things that come to mind. But yeah, she does a lot of voiceover work because she has a very unique voice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, now the last thing I got here is the box office. So this movie cost seventeen million dollars and made four point six. Ooh. Woof. Ouch. <laughs> that might be. This might be like the lowest grossing movie that we have ever covered. Ouch. <laughs> the That's... turnaround. That is. Oh my gosh! It only did like a third of the budget. A fourth that's, the budget. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. And you know what? I don't know if it deserved that. I wonder what else came out at that time. Yeah. Well, I I would say that it definitely wasn't a home run. No. So. Yeah, it's definitely not without its flaws, but to only make a quarter of its money back yeah it came out in july oh of 91 so maybe that's why maybe if it came out closer to thanksgiving yeah Mm. july is a big movie month too i feel like so that probably didn't help things yeah Hmm. I'm i'm gonna look it up here see what else came out that maybe hindered its box office success. I'm looking up right now too. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Hot Shots, <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Boys in the Hood, Point Break. Dude, that's a lot of good movies. <laughs> <laughs> Problem Child Two even did better than Dutch. Well, man, just Terminator Two. 101 Dalmatians re-release Boys in the Hood and Point Break and Bill and Ted 2 like that's enough to sink it yeah but you know especially being a a family movie that 101 Dalmatians probably took a big chunk out of it Mm -hmm. oh yeah here it is um, I'm looking at a list and I see Dutch hiding there mixed in all these other movies yeah. So let's get into grades. Um, I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, what do you think those are? 
Uh, I'm DB. Let's go with 51%. You mean a 5.1? 5.1, yeah. It's a 6.5. Okay. A little, a little bit higher. Um, for Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 55%. 17. Ooh, yeah, I should have gone lower. Ouch. Should have figured with a budget like that. Um, then let's go with audience 44%. There's a 62. Man, I was all over the place after having such a good week last week. <laughs> uh, way to go. So do you want to give your grade first? You want me to go first? Um, yeah, I'll go first. So, I mean, I've already been kind of alluding to it. I mean, it was, it was a good movie, enjoyable, entertaining, uh, definitely enjoyed watching it for the first time. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it wasn't really a a home run. It was kind of drawn out and there were some slow parts. Um, and so it was a little, uh, it was a little drawn out, yeah. uh, but the comedy, the comedy was good. Um, it wasn't anything. It's not like I would go around and tell somebody, oh, you know, I watched this movie. It's so funny. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. And there's not anything too hilarious in it that I would go around sharing actively. So worth a watch. I'm probably going to land at giving it, I think, 3.5 is a good okay. place to land with it. Um, cause it's definitely not bad. I mean, cause bad, you're hitting the bad area once it gets 2.5. Yeah. So I feel like uh, a 3.5 is a pretty fair spot to land. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of thinking of the same as me. Um, I went with a three. Uh, I, I enjoy this movie, but I also kind of think that, you know, it could have been improved. There could have been a little bit of, I don't know. Some of the comedy just doesn't work at times. Mm-hmm. Um, other scenes are, are funny, you know, when, you know, he, he says that, you know, I can pay for my meal and you can't, that, that always cracks me up. Um, the scene when they're with the prostitutes and, you know, they get to the truck stop and Doyle's like passed out on that girl's chest and he like drooled all over her and then he's just like completely obsessed with her after that it cracks me up too. Um, and then there's also the scene where, you know, Dutch has the, the racy playing cards mm-hmm. and just like the look on Doyle's face when he's like trying to reveal one of the cards and then stops that that's funny. Um, also, you know, this movie is an hour and 47 minutes and at times it feels longer than that because there is some slow parts in it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of scenes, you know, mostly they're driving a lot of it but nothing seems to happen too much and we don't get like the interesting conversations and funny little bits like you do in planes, trains and automobiles. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to watch this movie and not compare it to planes, trains for sure. And where, you know, for the, as good a chemistry that Ethan Embry and Ed O'Neill have, it's nowhere near what Steve Martin and John Candy had. Yeah. And I mean, let's face it too. I mean, those two are both seasoned comedians. Exactly. I was going to say seasoned veterans in comedy acting. And so 
Ed O'Neill probably was able to pull together some stuff, but Ethan Embry, that's that's asking a lot. Also, what his second movie? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that they could have had like some more stuff happen that you know would stand out a little bit more. Um, you know, at the end of the day, though, I do enjoy it. I've I've watched this probably about maybe three or four times. And, you know, I'll watch it again. It's, there's not, we, we've talked about it before. There's not very many Thanksgiving movies out there. Yeah. And, you know, you and I both are in the same boat with, you don't start celebrating Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. You don't now, decorate your house. You don't, <laughs> you don't listen to Christmas music. You try not to watch any movies or TV shows, but, you know, with young kids, it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, there are a lot of Thanksgiving movies if you include Hallmark movies. <laughs> oh, gosh. Those aren't movies. <laughs> <laughs> the only Thanksgiving movies I can think of are Play Streets and Automobiles, Dutch, and Son-in-Law. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to have to watch Son-in-Law here soon, too, because it's been a while since I watched that. Yeah. But that's always a guilty pleasure movie for me. Anything Pauly Shore. <laughs> But yeah, any like closing thoughts? Uh, nope, not really. I mean, it, it was interesting to watch a off the beaten path John Hughes movie, so I thought this was a, a good one to, to include. So, yeah, it's kind of a good way to put it off the beaten path. Um, kind of a more forgotten John Hughes movie, mm-hmm. which transitions good into our last movie of the John Hughes month, which is probably. The most famous and most talked about John Hughes movie, and that's The Breakfast Club. Yeah, it'd be up. It's an interesting to debate of which is better known or more popular, Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, that's the thing. Usually, when you see a list of best teen movies, The Breakfast Club is either like number one or in a top five. Yeah. But we could talk more about that next week. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I th- feel like we should do an actor highlight for John Hughes sometime as well. Or like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, I guess showbiz highlight, not really actor. Dr- director. <laughs> director, producer. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. We have to do that. And then we can talk about which ones we've seen and which ones are our favorite. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so until then, as always, be kind and rewind. That foot Sam bought an automobile. No money down, did a real good deal. Didn't want to work, just ride around town. Finance company put his feet on the ground. Oh, that foot Sam, you're always in a jam. That foot Sam stole a $10 bill. Go to the judge, did it for a thrill. Got 60 days, spend it fine.